You're listening to Coffee and Valkyries, a podcast about your favorite NWSL club, OL Reign. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee and Valkyries. Yes, it's a podcast about OL Rain. We haven't done this in a long time, so let's see if we all remember how to do this. I am Jacob, and joining me for this episode, we have Susie. Hello. Steve. Hi, guys. And uh, our newest contributor to the Ride of the Valkyries team is Sylvia, who you might know as one of the co-hosts of the Must Listen and Must Subscribe to Shea Butter FC podcast. Hello, Sylvia. Hi, everybody. This is your first time chatting with us on a, for our podcast. It is. It is. It's exciting. Cool. So for this episode, I mean, there's a lot of things we could be talking about during the national break, but uh, this episode is going to be built around one simple question about OL Reign, and that is, who is your MVP for the regular season for OL Reign? Um, it's one, sim- one question, but a far from simple answer. So it's really a free-for-all for the panel to uh, make their cases as for who should be the club's MVP for the regular season. I feel like if you ask me this question tomorrow, I might have a different answer. Honestly, there's like three names for me that rise to the top, but I will start and um, can be easily swayed. So I'll just say that, but um, I'm going to say Lou Barnes because I am maybe not even just on ter- in terms of production on the field, but this has been such a hard year for the rain going through essentially three coaches, um, what all of the players in the league are dealing with. And she has been the one that everyone keeps heralding as the leader. That's like really holding the team together and has taken on a lot of the emotional burden of every, of the heaviness of this year. Um, and has been a great center back and started the season at left back. And I think, you know, we heard Madison Hammond, we've heard Sam Hyatt, we've heard Alana Cook reference just how much they've grown because of Lou Barnes being alongside them and guiding them. So that is my case for Lou Barnes for MVP. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's about three or four names too. And Lou is, Lou is one of them. I think Uh, what's great about Lou is she probably would be very uncomfortable with you naming her. Um, MVP but I think she's really been one of the unsung like heroes of the of the team just solid every week um, pretty much we don't talk about last name but um, um, yeah just super consistent and solid plays every game like um, I don't know this is really man this is tough I think I'm gonna go Huerta I think um just because the ability to be great in two positions is really hard. Um, same with Lou Barnes, same line, I guess, two different lines. Um, and she's a better defender than I would have given her credit for before she moved. Um, apparently she didn't necessarily want to play right back and was still willing to do it. Um, and this thrived and trusted Laura on that choice. Um, but yeah, I think she's been a revelation and she's always been really great with assists, but I think this is the year that that's sort of come to the forefront. She's really close to like 
being the NWSL leader all time or something like that. Um, so I think in terms of just fit and player, uh, it's one of the better ones I've seen recently. And we play a way that suits her game. Um, and she just, I think, affects pretty much every game we're in. And I've also noticed in the past three games, teams have started zeroing in on Sofia Huerta, which is always a compliment. Um, that's who they fear. Um, but again, I can also be easily persuaded because I think there's a few names I, I left off. So, yeah, I, I think when I was kind of looking up stats and everything before, Huerta was the player who kind of came to the forefront for me too. She's she's actually played over 200 more minutes than anyone else in the team, which kind of just circle back, not to make this more difficult for us, but I think this year, more than any other year, it's actually really difficult to select a single player who's really kind of stood out a mile above the rest. You know, in, in a lot of previous years, it, it's very easy to say, oh, it's Megan Rapino or it's Jess Fishlock. And when they're not there, we were really suffering. But this year, you know, we there's, there's an argument to be made, for instance, for like, Quinn in defensive midfield being a really stalwart player, but but they've not been in a lot of games. And Danny Weatherholt has slotted and also been an amazing player in that position. So like that position has been really important for the team, but it's been multiple players who have been and, and Krista McNabb even has played some some time in that defensive midfield position before going to outside back and, and doing pretty well there as well. So it's like kind of MVP by committee almost of like, but but I think I I I'm, you know, not solid on this either, but I feel like Sophia Horta has done a lot of important things for the team, um, you know, just in terms of like some of her assists have been really important for for getting points that, that have turned out to be critical for the rain potentially getting a, a first round by in the playoffs. And, you know, we're not there yet, so we got to kind of dig in for one more game. But but if if you had to take one player out and say, would this still be the same rain team? I feel like Huerta is the one where we would be suffering the most because we wouldn't get that same service and those goals that she scored early on in from from say Celia if she was playing in that spot. So so I'm I'm on board with Huerta right now, but but you know, convince me otherwise because I'm willing to change too. So that's two votes for Huerta, one vote for Lou Barnes. In a way, we could say, all right, episode over because a majority vote has won. But um, Steve, the other players that you named off, um, looks like you were reading Nikita's uh, list of uh, MVP candidates. Uh, she, Nikita wasn't able to join us for this recording, but she did send over her list of candidates. There was another play that she uh, mentioned in Alana Cook. Um, so there's Alana Cook. Um, can anyone here um, make a case for her as to why she could be considered uh, Oral Reigns uh, MVP for the regular season. Because well, she th- rarely steps a foot wrong. <laughs> like- yeah, I mean, she stepped in almost immediately after joining the team. I mean, she did have the benefit of having played with the team in the Challenge Cup in, in 2020, but but you see very often players coming from Europe where in, and you just don't have this difficult kind of challenging games, game in and game out. And um, when we talked to her, pre-game a couple of weeks ago that was one of the things she noted that she really liked after coming to NWSL is that you're really facing a, a difficult challenge every week and it really forces you to step up and she has really done very well in that position and has made it her own and I hope that we're going to be seeing her getting call-ups to the national team consistently in the near future because that is something that should be rewarded. 
Yeah, what, what's impressed me so much about her, you already said some of that, and Sylvia said she rarely puts in a wrong foot. Um, she's just like incredibly calm all the time, too. Um, I don't, I was actually chatting with our sounder at heart friend, Mark, a little bit about it, about her specifically when he went to a game, and he said his dad said she reminded him a little bit of Virgil van Dyke. Um, mm. in that sense and I can see that comparison quite quite a good compliment to her and her her game yeah oh that's a really good comparison actually um yeah having seen her in person several times I think particularly the game at Lumen like just I mean we are we're filming right after the national team game like you saw Sophia Smith tonight completely capable of shutting her down and just and many not many people can say that right now in the world um yeah, I, I agree with Laura. I think give her another year, maybe two, if that. She's going to be a top five center back in the world. Um, so great for us, probably great for the national team. Um, and she's just, she has Becky Sovereign's calmness too. Like that just, she doesn't panic. She's an incredible recovering tackler. Like just that calming presence where you're like, okay, if she's around for 10 or 15 years, in that way, she is a Lou Barnes, right? Like, steady steady um and so you can see that influence there the talent's always been there it was there at psg um but yeah i i think maybe not this year but probably a lot of years to come Sylvia, it was good that you mentioned the lumen field game because after that game in the press uh in the post-match press conference i think we were all just talking you know asking laura about um alana's uh development and growth and she basically said she just needs more um minutes to you know to play in all these games like you know she was a spot starter at psg and one of her uh, reasons for coming back to the us was to get more uh playing time and you know the almost the ease and comfort in which she's you know come in and just uh own that center back position for herself is very uh it's like not a revelation because we knew you know she was always good but it's also like it also like, wow, who among us thought, uh, you know, she'd be this good almost this instantly for um, for the rain, given that how chaotic energy every uh, NWSL game is. Um, so we've been talking about defenders in terms of, um, you know, who are like the MVP candidates for the club. But let's look, let's look at the offensive side of uh, the field. Everybody knows OL rain is stacked with um you know, offensive firepower. There's always Megan Rapino. There's always Jess Fishlock. We now have Rose Lavelle, Marajan, Laysomer, Bethany Balser, uh, you know, 2019 Rookie of the Year, and is, you know, right in the chase for NWCL Golden Boot. Let's start with uh, Balser and her case for being a Will Reigns MVP. I mean, I think a very immediate argument is she's only played about half of the available minutes this season and she is tied for the golden boot lead like she was criminally underutilized early in the season and has taken that personally I think and is going out there and she just kind of is really good about being in the right spot to get on crosses and do her kind of patented lunging header and it is it's pretty awesome to see that it like her rookie year was not just a fluke that she really is kind of a an amazing talent that that the rain and Vlaco identified and were invited in and like I hope her story is something that we see more of in the future too. 
yeah, she just tends to be in the right place uh, at the right time. And that's never really a coincidence. It takes work. It's, it's practice and, and training. Uh, it also helps that the people usually serving it in are like Jennifer Marzon or Sophia Huerta. <laughs> um, but yeah, she just has a really good knack. She knows how to read rebounds particularly well. Um, I know poaching can be taken multiple ways, but it's a goal, right? All goals count for one, no matter how you score them in this sport. Um, and I do like that she's starting to play out wide more, that she's starting to take shots from outside of the box or at the top of the box more. Um, I think she has that potential. I actually think she's a better shooter and maybe we've utilized her in that sense. Um, I think there's areas where she can absolutely grow. It helps also that she's tall. I think you can find her head pretty easily. Um, but yeah, I think she's an incredible upside. And, and like you said, Steve, I think her story is really a great one um, that you can become a professional from many different avenues. And um, I hope she gets a look. I hope she gets a look in January. So um and I think with Flacco being there, I think that that's probably likely to happen. That's his girl. Um, yeah, I, I, you're right. We're so loaded. I, I don't know. I mean, she's our leading goal scorer. That's probably my argument for. Her. Yeah, I think um, if you were to see Bethany Balser's second half of the season the whole year, I think we could certainly be making a much different case for her to be MVP candidate. Um, I think that perhaps the the thing that was I don't know it's hard to you can't diagnose because I'm not a coach but we've heard from Megan Rapino, we've heard from Jess Fishlock previously about Bethany Balser that she's just like her own unique player and you just have to let that part of her shine don't try to like coach it out of her just let Bethany be Bethany and I think we're seeing that more and to Sylvia's point like I think there's so much more she can do so um, but you just have to kind of let her, she's a unique player. She doesn't really fit in the mold of a lot of other um, forwards. So you just kind of have to tap into what makes her special. And I think Laura's done that well. Yeah, good point, Sylvia, in mentioning how she's starting to shoot from outside of the box. And yeah, I feel like it's one of those things like they've seen it in practice, but they don't necessarily like trying to coach it into her. Like, you know, if you're comfortable from your, from that distance, just go and let it rip. And I feel like if she, when she, once she unlocks that outside shot, it's like game over. Yeah. It definitely forces defenses to think about you in different ways, which opens up opportunities either for yourself or for teammates. Because I think that's something early in the season we saw that the team was really struggling to kind of commit to making shots. Yeah. It was a lot of just fancy passing and then kind of locking up almost when they got into the box because they weren't sure what to do. And like, if nothing else, like when, when Sam was in charge briefly, it seemed like the message was just keep it simple, take shots. And, and, you know, she took that to heart and the rest of the team took it to heart and it's paid off. Now we and, just can't make the shots we take. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the step two is to keep them on frame. So. Yeah. I don't have the stats in front of me, but one of the things that's most impressive to me about Balser is most of her shots are on target. Like the percentage is really high. So I think even as she's expanded her game. So I think that says a lot about her potential. Yeah. I think she's a really good, I think she's an underrated finisher, right? I think mm -hmm. again, when you do a lot of goals very close to the net or you do headers, um, you're going to get labeled a poacher. Um, but I actually think she's a really good shooter. Um, and so I'm excited to see that evolution of her game. Um, I guess we'll probably talk about Laura later, but like, I think those are the things that Laura Harvey's very good at. Like, 
being able to identify it, tweak it, work with it, and grow the player. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I think she's here to stay for a while. So, another forward that's uh, kind of been unlocked or just you know lifted the the weight of like trying of thinking about you know ten different things once you have the ball versus just either shoot or pass is Lisa Mayer. Um, she's had I think two games, at least two games where she's had a brace, uh, still chasing uh, the club's first hat trick of the season. But I, if we're talking about another um, offensive threat that O'Rain have had have been able to enjoy throughout um, this run that they're in, any cases for Lisa Mare to be uh, O'Rain's MVP? She's certainly my offensive MVP. I think it took her a little while to adjust to the NWSL game. I know she and Marzan in particular, I believe, have talked about it's Champions League every week, pretty much, um, just with the pace of the of the game. Um, but boy, when she figured it out. <laughs> um, she's still great. I think because she's been so good at Lyon for so long and Lyon has gotten, you know, younger players in like Cascarino, Macario, Millard. Um, I think people forget how good Eugenie Lissome was right and she plays a very particular type of way um but this league is kind of tailor-made for how she plays if I'm being honest um and she'll shoot right like I think again she'll shoot from distance hi kitty um she'll she's not afraid to take those shots um and I think that modeling that behavior actually helps the other forwards on our line um but I think she's just a threat at least two or three times a game, every game, whether she scores or not, whether she assists or not. Um, and I think she's really kind of led that line um, when she's in and when she's healthy, obviously. And we missed her when she wasn't. Uh, yeah, and I think this is also a, a bit personal for her. I think she's absolutely enjoying her time here, but she's been done real raw by the French uh, Federation. And I think this is her, okay, I'm going to show you. And yeah <laughs> yeah you are and we appreciate it so um yeah I think she's been the best and most consistent offensive player um of the year for sure yeah it feels like she could easily have at least three or four more goals like she's been so close in um on in a number of occasions so the stats alone don't really show how valuable she's been and I think that the personnel that we have on this team um a player like Lisa Mare in addition to what Sylvia said just about her being tailor-made for the league um she really fits with this team she can combine super well um you know she's good on the ball but she's also really direct when she wants to be in um you know willing to take players on and she provides that balance that I think has been had been felt like it was missing you know and earlier in the season and in, in, in particular last year I, mean, I think another thing for with with Lisa Mars, she's actually got a couple assists too, which I don't think was something people probably were expecting when she was coming in. Like she's kind of advertised as just a pure goal scorer. She's a you know a target up top, but she's had three assists this year to go with five goals, which is something is a nice kind of extra element to her game that is helping out the players around her as well. Moving on to OL Reigns midfield. Um obviously uh, headed up by the one and only Jess Fishlock, who a couple weeks ago, um, Claire Watkins at the Equalizer on their podcast said she could be uh, in consideration for NWSL MVP honors. Um, yeah, let's make a case for Jess Fishlock, which is, you know, a very hard thing to do. 
Well, I can go first because she was actually one of the names on my list. Um, uh, I, I um, think that what's most compelling about Jess Fishlock is like, if you want someone who represents like the grit of this rain team, like look no further than Jess Fishlock. We know from the save of the week that she had this week, that save was freaking ridiculous. I, in real time in particular, I, I just think like the heart that she brings in when there's games where it's frustrating, where it's, where there's games where it's not working, it's always Fishlock that's bringing the team up. It feels like it's always her who's making that run. Um, that like dragon fire that she has in her, but she's also keeps every year kind of like evolving her game. She's had some blasts from distance. She's not getting in the box as much to shoot, but she's still scoring goals. And I think she has four assists. Um, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. This is off the top of my head. Um, so she's creating, she's assisting. I think there's a real case that she's been a valuable and pretty consistent part of this team. Yeah, she has five goals and four assists this year. And and I think another kind of underrated aspect of her in the midfield is that she really is very kind of flexible in what is being asked of her in the midfield. If the team needs a little bit more defensive midfield help, she'll be back there making slide tackles and picking the ball off of a, the opposition in ways that people don't understand how she does it every time, but it's very amazing. She can be kind of the shuttler between like an uh, attacking midfielder and a defensive midfielder, or sometimes she can even push all the way up into the attack. And you'll see her as like the almost as a auxiliary center forward. And she's got the wheels to get back and still kind of provide her defensive duties. And it really just kind of, I, like Susie said, inspires like the players around her and lifts them up. And it's like, well, if Jess can do this, then we can all do this because she embodies the rain. Yeah, Sky calls her a superhero, superhero uh, fish hop. I think that's pretty uh, apropos. Um, I think she was on my list too, Susie. Um, and I think there is a fair case to, I, I don't think she'll win in WSL MVP, but there's definitely a case for her. Um, one, she plays every match. Remember when we didn't start her <laughs> one match? Like, what was that? Um, and usually goes 90. Um, just has an inch. I don't know how she has the engine that she has. Um, I think she's more offensive minded, but I think just in terms of embodying a team and the ability to go 90 every game and sort of di dictating, right, when it's needed and being able to read the game, she reminds me a lot of N'Golo Conte. Like just in, in that, which is obviously a compliment, not just because I'm a Chelsea fan, but um, like just, just in that way, like knowing what your team needs you to be and exactly when they need you to be it. Um, and I think I really always forget she's not an original Rain player um, because it feels like she is, right? It feels like she's always been here um, and not at Lyon, per se. Um, yeah, she's, I think- she's been if, if, Since the beginning, Sylvia. She's she has? Since, yeah, since 2015. Okay, so the stint was just a loan. Yeah, it was just a loan. Okay. It was the off-season loan, uh, annual loan. I, I'm like, I think it was a loan. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, but like she embodies that. Like if you were to ask me who the face of our team is, it's going to be Jess Fishlock. Um, and she's been scoring. And like you said, assisting, I think really helping both the young players along and the, the French players along. I think Mara has been a lot more comfortable just because Jess Fishlock is there, particularly when we figured out, you know, playing her higher and letting them do some interspersing play um, and, and switch out, um, you know, netted us more goals and more opportunities. Um, so she's, by far one of the most adaptable players um, 
I was really shocked she didn't make the Olympics, but I'm also super grateful that she didn't make the Olympics. So um, yeah, I just, there's no one else like Jess Fishlock, right? Like there's not another Jess Fishlock. And so I think on that alone, she's got a case. Um, and talking about Mauro, you know, being along with that midfield, yes, she doesn't have the goals to her account, but she has claimed some assists as well. Um, is there, you know, kind of like in a long shot uh, case, like with Lisa Mayer, is Mauro uh, somebody that could, you could understand why some fans would uh, want to give her uh, a well-rated MVP honors? Because let's face it, we've all gotten to see Mauro play in person and some of the things she does with the ball is just pure magic. Yeah, I was actually working on a story before the Paul Riley um, story and news hit um, about Mauro specifically. I do think she's struggled in these last few games. And I wonder if this, well, she's not really getting rested during the international break, is she? But um, I think that it's really hard for people to appreciate everything that Mauro brings because, I mean, Laura Harvey said this, she makes everything look so easy, but um, she reads the game so well and knows, I, I think Sylvia was just talking about this with Fishlock too, but knows what the team needs. Um, and, and does it. So if, if they need more attack, it's Mauro who's driving it. She knows like how to dictate the, the run of play. And I was looking at her stats more um, deeply when I was working on this piece and she's averaging more than three chances created per game. So she might not get all the assists, but she's really, I mean, every game, when you look at the stats, it's usually Mauro who's creating the most chances. Um, and she just does it really quietly. I think everything comes so easy to her that it makes it's it's hard for people to kind of always see her influence on the game. It's even impossible for ARs to keep up with what she's doing because that that simple one touch flick that she set up a uh, fishlock for at Louisville should have uh, counted oh, yeah. as a goal. But yeah, I think I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think just the way she is reacting with the ball is just. Um, like just mind-blowing a lot of other people including uh, linesmen's I just is that pass to Lisa May the best pass of the season got oh, it right so yeah. good like <laughs> like I'm still like I can't one I I mean full disclosure I Maro's been my favorite midfielder for probably a decade um and she was good young. I know Laura talked about in one of our press conferences, she saw her play with, like, with U15s or something. She's like, that one. <laughs> like, she's going to be one of the best. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I often assume when people make it look easy, it's really hard. Um, and she's just so, it's so effortless for her. Like, and it's in that way that like people who are that good have a really hard time explaining why they're good and like what they're doing because they just do it. Um, and sometimes their expectations of people can be like, why don't you just do it this way? Um, I don't think that's hers at all. And um, I think looks can be deceiving. She seems really personable and kind um, and just seems to love the game, but she's very serious looking human. Um, but yeah, it just all comes really easy. I agree, Susie. I think she's just dog tired. Um, it showed. Um, and I think some things go when you're when you're exhausted, you just don't have it. So I know she's playing for Germany. I hope she at least gets to rest a little bit. Um, maybe next game uh, and on the flight back or something. Um, but yeah, I, I doubt she'll get MVP, but 
again there's only one Mara um and she's just if she wants to stay I'd be very happy <laughs> but I'm sure Leon could use her so we'll see I think one of the things that's really interesting is a lot of times you look at players without like a lot of flashy stats and you're like, you don't kind of realize sometimes they're actually in games, but anytime the ball is in the midfield, like Marjan is there, she's either intercepting it or she's providing an outlet pass for one of the other midfielders. And she's her vision of the field and kind of, of how play is going to go. Like there's almost a little premonition about like, I need to be in this channel or, you know, like for that pass to Le Sumer, she knew to kind of get into some space in the box and she knew Le Sumer was going to make that run. And that's something that it looks very simple. Oh, she only touched the ball one time, but like to be in the right spot, to hit the right pass, to find a teammate is something that takes so much just visualization to, and to do that consistently game in and game out is, is kind of an amazing feat. Sylvia, here's a fun uh, story about Marajan from earlier this season. Um, so this was uh, at Cheney Stadium, like well before the game had started, but like being media, you have to be there at a certain time to check in and, and you know, get yourself uh, situated inside. So I'm at the outside the stadium at the check-in gate and somebody comes up to one of the rain staffers that is responsible for checking us all in, us media in. And I'm just overhearing, Tara, I need two tickets to the game today because my parents are here in town. And I look up, it's Marojan, ever so humbly asking, can I get two free tickets on the house because my parents are in town? It's like, you're Marojan. You're, of course, you get 40 tickets to Cheney Stadium while you want. She's well-mannered. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to assume. Yeah, yeah, you can have all of the seats in the stadium. Yeah, exactly. He was like, actually, um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was just a fun little uh anecdote from earlier this season that I just thought was uh just fun to witness but also just to just think thinking about it, like Marajan is asking for complimentary tickets <laughs> so her parents can attend a match like of course you're gonna get your tickets <laughs> absolutely um here's another player that could uh get some considerations for MVP uh the goalkeeper Sarah Bulady is there a most improved? There could easily well be one in terms of league. I would give her most improved because I was very vocal about my fear <laughs> with Sarah Buadi coming to the league. She's played the same way her whole career, right? You knew who you were getting. Um, she's a risky, risk-taking goalie. She comes off of her line and far out of the box a lot, um, mostly to try to cut off, you know, cut off your your lead attacker um and for about the first six four to six games that was a rough experience and I saw a few of those in person well I saw one of those in person so um I was very much the one yelling at Janie Stadium that day and I knew it was coming I called it before the game um but credit to her she's really adapted her game um she's been able to adjust which doesn't happen a lot um you know, I don't think people, age is a determinant of your talent. Um, but yeah, at her age and the way she's played goalie her entire life, I did not think she would adapt to the league. And she has. Um, still takes a few risks that I wish she didn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think she's by far the most improved player and she's really steady. And I trust her for the most part when the ball goes back there. Having that defense in front of her helps. 
Um, but yeah, I have learned to trust Sarah Buhadi, and I did not think I would be able to say that when she came over. So um, I'm really happy and, and proud of her. I think she's done really well, and, and she is loving Starbucks, so good for her. <laughs> Yeah, she's loving Starbucks because it's most of the time Mara that's doing the ordering uh, for her. I agree with everything Sylvia said. I think um, even Sarah has talked about it I've, in French interviews that I had read about. Um, she mostly played as a sweeper for Lyon. Like she wasn't really a goalkeeper much um, or wasn't called on as much. So she's had to adapt a ton. And um, gosh, I, I want to say it was like that 1-0 Houston win I feel like in Houston, like Sarah kept them in that game. She had, she came up with two like really important saves and she's had a couple of those where the game could have switched at any moment and she came up really big in the moment. So um, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think I would put her anywhere at the top of my MVP list, but she has dramatically adjusted her game for the league. And that says a lot for, like Sylvia said, for her age, where she is as a keeper, how long she's been playing, the way she's been playing, that's super impressive. Okay, so I think we pretty much ran the gamut in terms of like who are the most likely MVP candidates for OL Reign and also like who are like your honorable mentions. So last question for the panel, if you were to create another, you know, season award, like if you're, if you were forced to make a vote today today you know for club mvp but there's going to be a secondary award for for somebody else that would have been your other choice what would you call that award i feel like there's a little bit of a difference between most valuable and most important player like i think those are slightly different so maybe i would call it that for my Ooh. second one who would you give that uh, most important uh, I feel like I would truly give most valuable to Huerta and most important to Lou Barnes if I were going to have to choose two. Okay. Uh, Steve, your MVP and your most important. Uh... I think that is a really good distinction because there's players where you could say, if you took this player out, how does that affect the team? But then, you know, are there players that are like the heart and soul of the team. So I think for most valuable, I think I'm going to stick with Huerta as well. And most important, I think, I think I'll go with Jess Fishlock. Sylvia? Those were going to be my two. I think valuable would be Huerta. Um, and I think most important is Jess Fishlock. Um, one I would actually sneak in there is underrated and going to shock people because there's no way this person should be counted as underrated. I think Rose Lavelle's been very underrated for Oil Rain. And she's a damn good defender. Mm -hmm. She's a cheeky little defender. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, our, our colleagues that cover the Washington Spirit probably will not like this uh, factoid, but Rose Lavelle is pretty much about to match the amount of minutes she's played for Oil Rain in terms of how many minutes she played at Washington Spirit during her, I think it was like 17. Uh, registered appearances for for that team but yeah um Sylvia you're correct a lot of people probably did not know how good of a defender uh Rose Lavelle is and you know again if you're an OL Rain fan you're just enjoying that uh uh another perk for just how much uh, uh talent the squad uh this season has and she keeps going 90 minutes which I don't think anyone what? knew she was actually capable of doing which is oh. it's 
Yeah, I think that's one of the most like unsung things league wide, or even for the and for the national. Like the idea that people were so dead set on the idea that Roosevelt couldn't play ninety, and I really think Laura Harvey just walked in and said, "Sure, she can," and <laughs> like she's done it right. And I think that goes to like I don't think it was Rose that was opposed to playing ninety. Um, I think you just have to sell her on it. And clearly Laura Harvey is the Rose Lavelle whisperer because she's been fine. Like, knock on wood, there's still one more national team game, but like she went 90 tonight. Like she's perfectly capable of it. Um, I think you have to monitor it obviously, but yeah. And you want her to play 90 because Rose Lavelle only needs one touch to really make something happen. So um, she's got to stop sky on the ball, <laughs> but we're, we're working on it. <laughs> Yeah, she just brings something so different that the rain haven't had for a really long time. Her ability on the dribble, I swear she's faster with the ball than without it. Um, it's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, she's really likes that like shot just from outside the 18 that I really want her to bury more and more. Hasn't quite perfected it yet. Saving okay. it for the playoffs, I'm hoping. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to put out my uh, MVP and most important uh player because it wouldn't be fair for me to dodge that question since I imposed it on you three. MVP for me is Sofia Huerta. Uh, most important is Lou Barnes for me. We're going to have to leave it to our listeners then to break the tie. Yeah, I'm sure like when we post this episode, people are going to leave their comments as to who they would pick for um, MVP. And in fact, that's what we should do. So when we post this episode, either if you um, you can reply to us on Twitter or on the post itself. Leave us your uh, OL Reign MVP and your OL Reign most important player because it would be fun just to see where everyone else um, is feeling on how they uh, are going to decide, uh, you know, this. And then, and we know at the end of the se- at the end of, end of the uh, season, the club will be doing their own sort of uh, club awards as well because we know we we. They've done it before in seasons past. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how they um, how their peers vote amongst themselves in terms of who was the club MVP and and like all those other um, club awards that uh, they've done in the past. So that will do it for this episode of Coffee and Valkyries. Um, before uh, we sign off, is there anything anyone here would like to say or do in terms of shout out get your playoff tickets for all rain please be kansas city so i can go on the 14th <laughs> it's much easier for me to go on the 14th i'll yeah. second that one i won't yeah. be able to go if it's on the 7th yeah yeah so we're, we're all we're all playing the calendar uh bingo in terms of like which game could they be or what date uh they're hosting their playoff game which yeah, for anybody that's listening to this, if you uh, weren't sure where things stand currently as, as we are recording this on Thursday night with still the game at Kansas City to go, OL Reign still control their destiny in terms of securing the, the number two seed for uh, the playoffs. So they um, simply put beat Kansas City and second place is theirs. They can still draw Kansas City and... Um, isn't it um we just gotham needs to lose one of their three remaining games in that case we can get away with the draw and still get second place yeah um there's a lot of math involved uh in terms of determining the finals uh 
<laughs> Don't ask who we might face in the playoffs <laughs> because <they're, laughs> you need a NASA supercomputer to figure that one out at this point. Yeah, but the most simple uh, formula for OL rain is that win, win at Kansas City, second place is theirs, and then they are hosting on November 14th, much to the delight of Sylvia and Steve for their uh, personal calendars. And the rest. I think we could use the rest. Yeah, the rest. I think a well-rested oil rain team. Uh, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful. Maybe this is the year. <laughs> we have the, you have the squad to do it. That's yeah. right. And second means we wouldn't face Portland until the championship if we get the, if they get that far. So imagine the Cascadia rivalry in Louisville. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, that's what um, some a lot of people have probably kind of expected would be the case uh, when the season began all the way back in May, in terms of just like, you know, the talent on paper for Owell Rain is. It's a team that bet that damn well better be playing in the championship game. Like anything less than that would have been a massive uh, disappointment. So with that in mind, thank you, Sylvia, Susie, and Steve for uh, getting together and recording a, uh, a podcast episode. We haven't done this in a while. So hopefully you, the listener, have enjoyed our uh, return to this. And hopefully we can get back into the groove of doing these more often uh, and also feature some uh, interviews with OL Rain players pending, you know, of course, their um, availability. Thank you. Yeah, this is great. All righty. Take care, everyone. And uh, to all the teams playing in uh, the rest of the way for the NWCL and towards the playoffs, uh, good luck the rest of the way. But of course, we're a little bit biased here. So go Rain and go all the way, please. Yes, please.